0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
1: Alan Hahn, Harry Douglas on the show called Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and it is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Or Harry, am I more like De Niro? Like, which one am I in the lyric? I don't know,
2: Hahn. I just like the song. (laughs) Talk about sports in the top (laughs) ten. I mean,
1: you know. uh, Yeah, yeah, that. I mean, those two. See, again, Shout out you to Louisville about, too. You talk about you talk about Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow and that quarterback wide receiver connection and and the chem that those two have and then it's you watch Aaron Rodgers last night with Devontae Adams and you're just like that's that's next level kind of stuff as well, right? And that, uh, how, I mean, it's beyond, it's beyond it's beyond
2: next level stuff. What level Listen, is it then? the, the The Minnesota Vikings, they're trying to play cover two-man, cover 55. Now, what that is is you have two safeties deep, two safeties deep, right? And they're playing man coverage underneath but inside leverage. So there's no way certain balls should be completed. But Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams make it work. That's the thing. That's that's, that's what I love about Devontae Adams. They try to double-team him. They try to Mm. triple-team him. It doesn't matter. He's going to make the plate. That's why Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the National Football League. Say it again. Guess yes, that means this year. The best wide receiver in the National Football League. It's hard and to it ain't, And it ain't even
1: close. The throw we're showing right now on ESPN, too, is like that that sidearm under. <laughs> I mean, that just little flick. Finding it. Oh, man. Like, just, Yeah. Yeah, just finding a way to just send that laser through the defense, thread the needle, as we say Uh, in my game. But you know what I like the most from Aaron Rodgers, though? Pretty.
2: I like the little little half smiles, the little, you know what I mean? Like the little look in his eye like, I'm that damn guy. And I know you know it. And, and you know, and I know, I know it's it. Yeah. nothing <laughs> whatsoever you can
1: do to stop. With it. With that in mind, I'm waiting for the Jordan shrug after one of those throws. Like, I'm waiting for the shrug <laughs> after one of those throws. But that's why I asked this question, man. We talked about this last night, and, and I feel like this is just, and I get it. It's not like baseball. Like, I, I love the thing in baseball where, you know, you can, you pick your opponent. When you get a top seed, you could pick your opponent. Like, who do you want to play? Uh, when you get to the, into the, after the bye. So if the Packers do get the bye and they pretty much are, are right there now, right? Like one more game, they can lock up everything. I feel like, who do you think if they could choose an opponent, who would they want to play? Cause I got a team that I feel like might not be the best matchup on paper where you think, why would they want to play them? But I know why he would say, give me that team. But, but before I reveal mine, who's it? Who's the team that you think if the Packers could pick, their opponent, who would it be? I'll be honest with you. The only team I think
2: right now, uh, because Antonio Brown leaving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is no longer a part of that roster, the only team I can say right now that the Green Bay Packers would be nervous of playing, and that's if they make the playoffs, is the San Francisco 49ers. That's the only team I think the Packers would be nervous about playing because they present a physical brand of football. Mm Mm-hmm. You got to remember, Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur, those guys are best friends. Mm-hmm. They're best friends. The same situation when you talk about Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. The last five games, Kyle Shanahan is 5 and over against Sean McVay. Now, I understand Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers beat the, 40, I mean, the 49ers earlier this year. But let's not forget, it was about, what, 30-something seconds on the clock that Green Bay had to go down and kick a field goal and win that game. Let's not forget that. So I think if there's one team that Green Bay doesn't want to play, I think it's the San Francisco 49ers. All right,
1: that's doesn't want to play. I'm saying which team out of the I know the, what you said,
2: hon, and I changed it up. Now you tell me the team that they that, that they want to play.
1: <laughs> I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm having the season I'm having right now. The team I want to see right out of the gate Give me the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, oh, oh I knew it was coming. Give me, I knew it was coming. Give me, give me Mike McCarthy, because I will play chess to his checkers. Like it's as if he's so maniacal that I could see Aaron Rodgers just looking over at the sideline, like, watch this, watch, watch me get this guy's head. Smoke's going coming out of his ears. He won't be able to keep mm-hmm. up with me. You talk about a guy that mismanages the clock. <laughs> Where do they get a load of me? <laughs> like he's, I'm telling you, man, he's going to go full Joker mode. In a game like that, where you'd say, why the hell would he want to go up against that defense? Why would you want to go up against you know, Dak and take your chance against that team at all? The, the only reason why is the coach that you, he used to play for, that they had issues, and he knows everything about them, and he might just want to expose him to the world and have some fun with them. Like, you remember the, the Boba Fett moment? Sorry, I went Star Wars nerd on you here, but that, that he and Mike Tomlin had... Yeah, where where Rogers tried to speed something up, and Tomlin right away saw it, like, and called timeout. And then Rogers looked over to him, kind of winked, and and Mike Tomlin I gave a coach, gave him that Boba <laughs> Fett nod, like, uh huh, okay, acknowledge, <laughs> like, like that, like when you that's like two guys that are at the same level, you know, in, intellectually, looking at each other, like, yeah, okay, all right, so we respect. But I could see Rogers looking at at, at and, and here's here's McCarthy just like doing this, like you can't figure it out, like looking at every card <laughs> he's got in front of him, like what is going on. Like, that, to me, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, would be in the back of my mind. Oh, who can I pick to play? Let me look at the field. Oh, yeah, give me that. But
2: not only that, though, we do know where that game will take place at. That game will take place at Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra. Yes. In Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now, I had a chance to play in Green Bay, Wisconsin twice in December. Once it was minus one. Uh, (laughs) I can't remember the other one. No sleeves. But I, I, I told so. I told a lot of people last night. The coldest game I've ever played in was at Kansas City in December, negative nineteen, no sleeves. Mm. But the but just watching that game last night.
1: Now why they throwing no sleeves? Hang on, hang on.
2: Why do you got throwing no sleeves? Because it makes a difference. How no come? sleeves. How come? I'm just why saying, like, you know, a lot of guys they worry about the cold so much, right? So you, yeah. you look at, did you see Devontae Adams with sleeves on last night? Mm. No, no sleeves. Mm. See, a lot of the Packers players don't even, they don't wear sleeves. Did you see? A.J. Dillon, in his post-game interview, come out there with suspenders with no damn shirt on. Th- that alone that alone makes an opponent say, are we really about that action today? You know Do what, we really you, want this work today?
1: You say that's tough. Did you, did you happen to watch the, uh, the winter classic, the NHL's winter classic on New Year's Day? No, but I heard it, about it. Was, it. It, was, it was in Minnesota, out in the baseball stadium, right in the field. It was minus six at puck drop. Dudes came in off the bus, like, wearing shorts and, you know, flip-flops. Some shirtless, some open shirt. I love it. You know, there's no parkas on the bench here. I love it. Guys had frost on their beards, man. It was hysterical. So, anyway. <laughs> cold but, cold but, is something that they're but, used to, but, though, but, when you're from Finland Aaron, and Canada. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers
2: understands how to throw the football. He understands how to play yeah. in that weather. The entire mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers
1: roster does. So it's an advantage to foot Green Bay. I agree. Now, here's the question though. Aaron Rodgers trying to get that MVP. Tom Brady also still very much I mean Tom Brady's numbers look like he could be an MVP or should be MVP as well. Aaron yeah. Rodgers and the Packers they're playing the Lions. What do they have to play for really at this point? So should Aaron Rodgers play in the final week of the season? He was asked that question. Here's his answer.
0: Do you want
3: to play next week and do you think you need to play next week?
1: Uh I don't think I need to play. Uh just like I don't think I need to practice all the time, but I do enjoy practicing. And this is the first game that my toe got through the game without any issues. Uh, No
0: pregame painkiller shot. So I'm feeling good. I mean, I'm I'm happy about it. uh, There was definitely a time uh, a few weeks ago when start to project out and think if we can get the one seed, that could be, you know, two plus weeks of rest, but I'm going to play next week. And, uh, I expect Devontae to play and our guys to play. So we're looking forward to finish off the season on a high note and and then uh, getting the
1: bye. So he says he doesn't need to play, but he expects to play. Harry, should he play? Um, My initial my initial reactions was
2: no, but understanding that they're going to get the one seed and they want to ride this momentum that, that, they, that they have right now during this season and this run they've been on. They want to ride that going into the playoffs. You're already going to have a week off. You don't want to have two weeks off.
1: Mm, But you know what? The
2: Lions bite kneecaps. Maybe they'll bite toes. You don't want that. I mean, I understand. Hey, The the man spoke. The man said he wants to play. That's it. The man wants to play. He said he expects Devontae to play.
1: He expects everybody else to play. He wants to play. And so we'll see if he plays. Tune into ESPN Daily Podcast. It brings you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. It's presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. Available wherever you enjoy your podcast. One player just abandoned ship on a chance to win back-to-back Super Bowl. So did the Bucks' title chances sink with it? We'll discuss that next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling
3: for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
0: so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. It's Alan Hahn, Harry Douglas, And joining us right now, Dan Olasky, on the Goodyear Hotline. It's brought to you by Goodyear, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Happy New Year. What's up? What's up, fellas? Happy New Year. Good to see you, boys. So we want to get your reaction to what happened at MetLife Stadium with Antonio Brown. But first, Marcus Spears says he was warned about this from Dominique Foxworth.
2: My dog Foxy told me. He said it. He said, he said, it. he said, we weren't going to get a body up out of here. He told me, cannot trust a B. And I said, on the field, you can trust a B. A B made me a lot. A B left the field. He left the field. Now I was with Foxy on off the field that you can't trust on the field. I thought that was his refuge in safe haven. Well, i would be down. That man left the field. At least he said
1: bye. <laughs> he, did. He, he threw up the peace sign as well. And, again, that was your NFL Live colleague, Marcus Spears, his reaction to what happened <laughs> with A.B. at MetLife. So, Dan, what was your reaction? Yeah. Um,
3: this is who Antonio Brown is. This is who Antonio Brown has always been. This is who Antonio Brown has always been enabled to be. Um and no one should be shocked by this kind of behavior because that's what we've seen from him for a long time. We've just had people that has have allowed it or put up with it. Um, I think my initial reaction is I just hope he gets the real life help that's going to be necessary because he's got a long life hopefully left ahead of him and it's way bigger than football, as I'm sure we all know. Um, so that's like my initial reaction to it, Alan. And then my mind, just because my job, goes to football. And my initial thought was this is devastating for Tampa Bay because this is a team that's going to have to go on the road to Lambeau to get back to the Super Bowl, and they have lost two of their three best receivers now over the course of the last three weeks. And then I thought, well, the pressure is now going to fall on Byron Leftwich, their offensive coordinator, because he's going to have to figure out a way to build the foundation of their offense around maybe their three tight ends instead of those three wide receivers. But in relation to Antonio Brown, I'm not in any way. I, I've said for years now I wouldn't want him in my locker room. I've stayed uh, kind of adamant about that. But I hope he gets the help that it kind of seems that he needs.
2: Now you see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're they're without Antonio Brown. They're without Chris Godwin. Can Brady lead this team to another Super Bowl?
3: Yeah, Harry. I do. Can he? Yes. I think that there's ways that they're going. To, the the Bucks right now, and they've been trending towards this. They are a giant question mark. I mean, what's when, what's Leonard Fournette's health, and when does he come back? Does Mike Evans' hamstring hold on? Gronk's health. You know, who is going to step up and be a secondary or third wide receiver option? Is it going to be Cyril Grayson, who really had a nice game yesterday? When does Levante David come back healthy? What's the health of their secondary? So. Like, there's so many questions around this football team, it's hard to really gauge and or judge who they're going to be in three weeks or so because of the the, the questions of their health. I said this about two minutes ago. It it falls on Byron which right now, their play caller. He has to build their offense right now around their three tight ends. Everything has been built really around the offensive line and the three wide receivers when it was A.B., Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. Well, two of those three aren't there, right? So now it has to be built around Rob Gronkowski, Cam Brait, and O.J. Howard. You can win that way. And with that offensive line, you can win that way. And he's going to have to do a really good job of becoming very much so foundational around that thirteen back 3 tight end package. I think if he does that and gets really creative – now, I thought it was his most creative game as a play caller yesterday – in the second half against the jets if he does that i still think this team can get back into the nfc championship game with the chance to go
1: to the super bowl but it's a big challenge we've seen tom brady win with the uh you know with two tight ends and you know in that direction so we'll see if they can make that adjustment but meanwhile matthew stafford is another quarterback that as we're heading now towards winning time for him i said this earlier in the show dan He's never had expectations in the NFL like this, right? Expectations to win. He's always been a good quarterback, but we've always had, well, he's on a bad team or a bad franchise. And, you know, there wasn't that same pressure to win. He's got that now. How concerned are you with his performance yesterday and the fact that these pick sixes are becoming too often a, a common theme with him?
3: I'm zero concerned. I don't know if you could see me, Alan. I'm holding up a John I'm now. zero concerned. Okay, I'm a zero. Uh, this huh? is why. Back, back to back weeks, back to back weeks of 10 o'clock start times for this football team right around the holidays. Those aren't excuses. But unless you've lived that life, it's challenging. It is hard. And they have found a way to win the football game. Now, I also want to give a little bit of credit to Chuck Clark. The first interception, the one that's a pick six, Do I think it's a a poor play by Matthew? Yeah, it's not a great play. I also think it's a great disguise and kind of fool job by Chuck Clark. The second interception, which is basically on third and long, he throws down like this, this interception. I just think that's a good fool job by Chuck Clark. They motioned the back in. I think Matthew thought it was man. It ends up being zone. And then the third interception, the second interception, it's on third and long and it basically becomes a long punt, right? Do a, now, the shallow cross is there. I think he forces it to Odell, but it's third and ten and he throws an interception to the five yard line. I, I'm not, th- this isn't something where I'm going, my gosh, Matthew, this is what I do know, Allen. There are not five guys in the NFL that I trust more with the ball in their hands down in the fourth quarter than I do Matthew Stafford. There is a reason why he has 42 game-winning drives in the fourth quarter. So for a guy that everyone wanted to rail on yesterday, he was 14 of 14 in the second half. 14 of 14. I don't care if you're playing against air. That's pretty darn good. And his connection with Odell Beckham seems very real right now. I'm not tripping over Matthew Stafford. They, they have found a way to win two games on back-to-back road trips with 10 o'clock start times.
2: Yeah, but, but see, I, I have concern with it because you got, you got to put this in perspective. They played the Minnesota Vikings last week, and they did that. You think about the teams who are going to be in the playoff. If Matthew Stafford has those kind of starts against these teams that they're going to be playing in the playoffs, they might be going home early. That's why it's a concern. you also got to look at the simple fact that Matthew Stafford hasn't won a playoff game. This this Los Angeles Rams football team made the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. I seen Sean McVay do something yesterday to Matthew Stafford that I seen him do to Jared Goff. And that's yell at him and say, hey, the shallow is wide open. The shallow is wide open. So right now, I know Sean McVay in doing that. He's concerned with Matthew Stafford in his play. You can't turn the football like this over against good football teams in the playoffs and expect to win because – not every team is – you're not going to be playing against a Tyler Huntley. Nothing against him. I think, I, think, I think he's done a great job with the Baltimore Ravens. But then again, you're not going to be playing against a Minnesota Vikings team either who struggles offensively.
3: Yeah, I would say this, Harry. Like, I think your point is valid and I, when it comes to, like, who you're playing against – Number one, Sean didn't take this team to the Super Bowl. That's four years ago. This is a very different Rams team than the one that we saw go to the Super Bowl four years ago. Second of all, just because he yelled at Matthew doesn't mean he's concerned about him. He's just yelling at him because he's like, what the heck are we doing? The shallow cross is wide open. And you force that football. And in that moment, you you could feel – I'm sure there was some tense aspect in that football game because you're going – Dude, like, that, that's another turnover. We can't have it. This is a game that we kind of have to win on the road. We should beat this football team. And so, I'm just telling you, like, I don't think that Sean is concerned. I'm not concerned because I know Matthew. And, again, 14 of 14 in the second half. And the guy ends up leading a game-winning drive. Like, here, I just, I, I, I don't see it the same way. I, I think that the Rams are completely fine. And I get it that it's the Vikings and the Ravens when you are coming from the West coast and that is a 10 o'clock kick to your body and you got to go play football. That is immensely right around Christmas and new year's. That's a big challenge. And I'm going to give them credit to win the football game.
1: All right. So you're looking at it as a slow start, but always in a strong finish. And that's what matters most when it comes to quarterback play with that in mind. The Cowboys last night had a stronger finish, but it might have been too little too late, and they take an L. Where do you see them right now, Dan, when it relates to competing for a Super Bowl?
3: Alan, I don't think there's a single part of the Dallas Cowboys that I trust. Honestly, I really Mm. don't. I think yesterday their stars did not play like stars in critical moments. I saw drops by Zeke Pollard, or Zeke and Tony Pollard. I saw missed throws on third down by Dak Prescott. I saw... Massive penalties. I saw missed blocks by their offense. I saw their quarter, their star cornerback get beat on a double move. So I think their stars didn't play like stars in critical moments. And then I think they have very little discipline in critical moments. I counted eight penalties. Eight penalties in critical moments yesterday. When it comes to running the football, Harry, you know this. Yep. Consistently, it takes all 11 guys to run 100%. the football consistently. The Cowboys constantly one guy misses his assignment or execution. One guy. And honestly, yesterday I saw it from Tyron Smith. And I saw it from Zach Martin. And then I saw it from Dalton Schultz. I've been on this. I think they missed their second tight end, Blake Jarwin, in the run game. I really do. And people laugh at me when I say, I think they missed those cats blocking in their run game. And so they all take the opportunity and missed assignments. And then defensively, guys, i don't want to be a jerk, I really don't, but i got to do my job. they got a coverage issue. opposite number seven. I trust that trayvon Diggs is going to play well I, I, he's going to make plays they got a coverage issue. opposite number seven and speaking and Harry, you notice know again as well, speaking from an offensive perspective, the number one thing that you go into a game looking at is. Who can we go after? Who's or the fish? What can we go after? Who was the fish? And we know that, right? <laughs> we know. Go at thirty, man. Go at them. And for a team that wants to come after you and play man coverage, like I just there's nothing about this football team that I trust. I think their coach mismanaged the clock again and timeouts again yeah. yesterday,
2: and it's a real thing for me. Yeah, and, and, and Dan, I, I want the 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 viewers and listeners to understand what you're saying when it comes to blocking in the run game. Listen, you can have an offensive play and all 11 guys have to be on one accord or that play is going to be derailed if one person misses their block. Now, defensively, you can have one or two guys mess up and it still be a positive play. But offensively, it does not work like that. Also, Dan, last night, this team gave up a fake punt. They gave up a fourth and two for a touchdown. Jordan Lewis dropped the interception in the end zone. You had all these things. They got one sack, right? They didn't create any turnovers. Right. So what is this football team going to be like when all these type of things transpire? But I'll tell you another thing that, that I know it's about the Dallas Cowboys. When things are going good, they're going good. When things are going bad for the Dallas Cowboys, it's going bad. And yeah, I need, but, I need yeah, somebody sure. else besides Dak Prescott to be like, you know what? I'm going to make that play instead of everybody else waiting for somebody else to make the play, especially offensively.
1: Dan, they feel like a a front-running kind of team, and I agree with you on on the point of of trust. Nothing you trust about them, and it does, to me as well, start with the head coach. We'll let you go here, Dan. Good to catch up with you. Thanks so much. Thanks, fellas. Have a good day. All right. Dan Olasky on the Goodyear Hotline. Hey, you can listen to Man in the Arena podcast, a 10-part series exploring how sports impacts our everyday lives through the lens of Tom Brady's career. It's available wherever you get your podcast. Brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. Need to finance a home like a pro? Rocket can. So coming up, why one team got really, really dangerous for the rest of the league with just one big win. We continue, and we get right into Harry's observations. Brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. It's Harry Douglas with Alan Hahn. That's me. On KJM ESPN Radio. All right, Harry, give us your observations. Ooh, Hahn. We coming in hot, baby.
2: The Tennessee Titans currently own the number one seed in the AFC. Yes, I said it. The Tennessee Titans. If they get this number one seed, they are dangerous and very, very scary because that allows Derrick Henry another week to get back healthy. That allows Julio Jones another week to get back healthy. But I will say this. They play their rival, the Houston Texans this weekend. The Houston Texans beat them once already. So I know the Tennessee Titans won't revenge, Amy Adams trump the owner. I see you. You're doing great things in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Yeah. Did you really say worried about the Texans? Stop. No,
2: it. no one said they were worried about the Texans. Yeah, I said oh, they're they the trying to they avenge. Lost. They're trying to avenge the loss that they had already. Han, mm-hmm. you listen. We listen better with <laughs> our ears, Han. Okay, <laughs> we listen better with our ears. That's all I said. To, you're going into parent a, mode right now. It's a, it's a, it's a robbery, Houston. You know. Is it? They left. They left Houston. They oh, moved. Well they aware. moved to. They moved to Nashville. So mm. that whole
1: thing. Well, but the Titans,
2: baby, is the story, huh? I'm not We're gonna, gonna not let you gonna... rain on the parade. The Titans, the Titans no, see, are the I'm story. With you.
1: Hey, I got a good friend of mine, Tom Chivone. He Loves the Titans. He's a big time Titans fan. He loves what they're doing. And because my team's not in the playoffs, I got to pick one. And since the Jets used to be called the Titans, I'm with <laughs> you, Harry Douglas. I'm all my about man. the Titans as well. All right, moving on. More Number observations. Two. Number two, the Dallas
2: Cowboys. Oh, what a not-so-good performance they put on last night across the board. Yet the Dallas Cowboys had yet to beat a 10-win team. They had an opportunity last night, but Buddha Baker and their defense and Isaiah Simmons had other plans. So that's my
1: second observation. Yeah, yeah. Again, don't trust them. Dan Olowski told us that. All right, moving on. My number three is the Cincinnati Bengals. And this
2: young group that they have going okay. on in Cincinnati – they, Their confidence is beyond their years. They're playing at, at a high level. You see the confidence coming from Joe Burrow. But Jamar Chase has the confidence. You know what? I'm not even going to name everybody because I think everybody on that roster has the confidence, and it all starts with the quarterback position. Joe Burrow, who's playing lights out. Joe Burrow, what he did at LSU was not a fluke. Him and Jamar Chase, that connection, mm. I think right now it's the second-best connection. Only. Strong. Only two. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams.
1: Mm, strong. Now, I will say so, this. The Bengals are a team that needs to play. Like You know how some teams could use a bye? I don't think yeah. they need to keep playing. Young team, don't give them time off. Just keep this train rolling. I think that's the most important. Uh, one correction, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. Yeah. That's right. They only have Just, one win. They have yeah, one Dallas win. Dallas did beat a yep. team with 10 wins because New England got their 10th win. So, uh, you know, that, that is still, though. Come on. That was hey, a in the season. Players mess,
2: players mess up sometimes, you and know. They,
1: and they barely beat them, yeah. too, by the way. All all right. By the way, speaking of, you mentioned uh, the best quarterback wide receiver combo compared to Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Speaking of, Limbo
2: is my number four. The Green Bay Packers locked up the number one seed in the NFC. I don't think anybody wants to go to Lambeau, especially what they've seen transpire last night. That's the cold weather. That's Aaron Rodgers. That's Devontae Adams. That's their defense playing at a high level. Devondre Campbell, the linebacker position for the Green Bay Packers, is playing outstanding football right now for them. They still have other guys to join that's going to make a, uh, major contributions to this, to this roster when, once they get, get back healthy. So the Green Bay Packers are very scary to go along with the frozen tundra, to go along with the cold weather. And if you're planning in January in Green Bay, the chances are it being negative and below zero, well, the chances are high. Trust me, I know.
1: <laughs> the chances of it being negative are very positive. That is oh, for yes. sure. <laughs> yes, the frozen tundra, of ah. course. One more observation, Harry.
2: Number five, um, Antonio Brown. Never seen anything like it in my life never seen anything like it in my life i've never seen a player take off his pads during the game while his team is trying to come back throw things in the stands do jumping jacks in the end zone that whole ordeal ask a state trooper to take him to the airport and my thing is that if the state trooper was going to take him to the airport was he was he not going to shower first or what was he what was he going to do but i don't know antonio brown man he 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 has to get some help man and um i hope somebody close to him Try, tries to help him out because he, he needs it. Because what we've seen transpire yesterday is not normal. It's not normal on a multiplicity of levels. That's my number five.
1: Yeah, and, and again, you heard Dan say it's, it's something that he's been, quote, enabled to be, and I find that to be probably the the, the the biggest one here is that you said it earlier too when I said if I'm the players' union, Uh, part of part of their job is to protect players. And part of their job is to get help for players. And this is when, when you see this behavior, we can make jokes, we can laugh. And then we got to say, well, wait, wait, somebody's got to step in and the players union, that's part of your role. And even you said, but a player's got to want to get help. Something that, you know, people that know him well, know more than obviously the rest of us do that are making jokes, that are making comments and everything. Listen to Tom Brady, who now has twice reached out to Antonio Brown, done everything, including bring him into his house, stay with me, uh, helped him win a Super Bowl last year. Brady after the game talked about the, the 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 need for all of us to have a little bit of compassion for what we saw from Antonio Brown.
3: I think everybody should, you know, hopefully do what they can to help him in ways that, you know, he really needs it. You know, we all love him, we care about him deeply. You know, we want to see him be at his best and, you know, unfortunately won't be with our team, but we have a lot of friendships that that will last and most important thing about football are the relationships with their your friends and your teammates and they go beyond the field and I think everyone should should be very compassionate and
0: empathetic toward some very difficult things that are happening.
1: A lot of emotions you can see like a different range of emotions from players some of which as we're watching the replays over and over again on ESPN2 you look on the bench Harry like and again you as a as a player like you would almost a couple of guys Mike Evans looked stunned just looking at him like what is he doing? Like nobody knew what to do in that situation.
2: Yeah, so so once you get to that point if you're a teammate you you know All bets are off. You let him go on about his business and and do what he has to do because the last thing you want is like an altercation on the sideline between teammates, right? So Mike Evans did the right thing. Whoever else was over there did the right thing. Once you tried to talk to him and, and get him to calm down, if he didn't want to listen to you, then, hey, you got to let him go about his business. Uh, unfortunately, his business was taking off his pads, going shirtless. What was the weather in New York yesterday? What, you, can you take, it was you actually what the, warm. It was 55, okay, 60. Uh, that was kind of concerning to me. I was like, well, damn, is it cold up there? Is he taking off his shirt like that? But mm. I don't know, man. It's, it's something that I don't know if we ever see that in 100 years or probably even more uh, in the National
1: Football League or football period. Yeah, no, it was a very bizarre scene right there. And obviously the Bucks moving on without him, but moving on without him and now a wide receiving core that is now down two players, two key players from last year's Super Bowl team. All right, but coming up, a division was clinched, and it took a lot of help. We'll discuss that next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, Harry Douglas and Alan Hahn with you this morning on ESPN Radio and ESPN2.
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. AM ESPN Radio. Alan Haught and Harry Douglas in with you this morning. How are we feeling, Harry? You good? Oh, I see you You got your group on now. Okay. You worked all weekend, didn't you?
2: Man, I've been working, like, nonstop. But, you know, this is what I love, hon. I love working, man. I love grinding. Uh, Been grinding since I was a kid, man. My mom and pops taught me hard work. That's all I know, baby. So the grind is official.
1: I respect that. And you know what? When it's it's this time of year, too, especially you, again, all the years you played football, years in the NFL – Like, this is when it's the best time, right? To talk football. I mean, September is always the the hypotheticals and what teams can be and projecting. When you're here, it's real. Like, now we start looking at teams and how they play and what they do now. Exactly. (laughs) Right, right, right. Live in the now. We're in the now. And we, you know, as much as we criticize, like, Mike McCarthy and. Why the hell do you call a timeout when they got a first down? There's still like just under four minutes to go in the game. You're gonna use it? Do you gonna burn it there? And then you could have used it later to 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 throw the challenge flag, like all that stuff. But how how about what happened at the end with the Bengals get the win over the Chiefs? And that was a hell of a game. And another great performance from Joe Burrow. And he and Patrick Mahomes, it, it does look like, you know, in the AFC, there's gonna be two special quarterbacks there to watch now going forward these next couple of years. But Zach Taylor and how he managed the end of that game. Think about it. Went for it on fourth and in goal twice. Yeah, got a couple of penalties that helped them out, including the pass interference in the end zone that got them back to a first and goal, and that pretty much was the end of the game for the Chiefs. Um, sh- here is the question: Should the Chiefs have let them score? Like, I hate saying that, but that's yes. become kind of a thing. Let them score so we can get the ball back because you got one of the best in the game to ever do it. In Mahomes, well, how the game played out,
2: one hundred percent, yes. Yeah, of course, but I will no. say this on on that on that second fourth down. If it wasn't for that illegal hands to the face, I believe that was that, that's 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 what the call was. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are going to get that football potentially Patrick Mahomes in that offense to go down and try to win that game with yeah, a field goal, ninety
1: something yards to go. But yeah, yeah, but the field but goal.
2: it's still Patrick Mahomes. Now, granted. Um, and I gotta give credit to the to the Cincinnati Bengals defense. So coming in coming into that defense, they were 29th against the pass. Right, they allowed two they allowed 252 yards per game, and in the first half, things weren't looking good. But they made some adjustments. They stepped it up in the second half. The Kansas City Chiefs had 28 points at halftime. They finished the game with 31 points. That means they only scored three points in the second half. So you got to give that defense credit. And I'm bringing up situations, right? Because the situational football is, 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 is very, very important to me. When the Kansas City Chiefs were driving down the drive before the Bengals got the ball to go kick the game with a field goal, they had a third and five situation. And the, and, and the Bengals went cover zero. That's no safeties back deep. Everybody's on an island, right? And instead of running like a – having somebody run like a five or six-yard route to try to get the first down, Tyreek Hill runs like a little deep corner route, a little deep out route from the slot position, a little sail route. And Patrick Mahomes gets pressure because it's cover zero and an unblocked defender. It didn't, it didn't get completed. That's the proper time to play cover zero if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the flip side of that, when the Bengals had the football third and 27 – the Kansas City Chiefs played Cover Zero, and I'm trying to figure out it it, it, it. it reminded me of Greg Williams with the New York Jets against I think it was the Raiders, yes. where they decided to play Cover Zero, and yep. Derek Carr hit just
1: got smoked. Yep, hit
2: um. God, what was the little fast receiver that just got um? Oh wow, off field issues. Oh Henry Ruggs, he hit Henry, Henry Ruggs does, yeah. for a touchdown. So that's where that play call stands for me. It's yeah. so like. Did Steve Magnolia want to lose the football game? Why right. are you playing cover zero in third and 27?
1: Everybody thought Greg Williams had money on that game, you know, when you were yeah. looking at what was the spread you wanted to find out because that right that decision there was curious. All right, well, Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, was asked about his management at the end of the game, and, and here's what he had to say.
0: You got to go take this division, you know. It's not just kick the field goal and then let Patrick Mahomes you do something. I got a ton of faith in our defense to come up there, but um, – you know, the, the, the things worth having, you got to go get them and, and not wait for someone to give them to you. And, and I thought that's what our guys did today. Ooh, go what take, you what, you go take what you want. Go take what you want. Don't mean, wait again, for nobody
2: to give you nothing in this world. You go take what you want.
1: They wanted that division. They went and got it. But he said, like, you don't want to give Mahomes the ball. I have faith in my defense. Well, wait a minute. You can't. That's two different things you're telling me, right? <laughs> I don't want to give Mahomes the ball, mm. but I believe in my defense. No, no. I believe more in Patrick Mahomes beating us than I do in our defense stopping him. So uh, we want we had to do everything we could to to grind that clock down to two and then just kick the field goal and get the hell out of there. I mean, that's what Man, that hey, was about. It,
2: it worked out in their favor. Um, yeah. They were victorious. They're what, the three seed now, right? They're the three seed, Are and I think right they now? clinched yep. the AFC North. So they, they kudos got the to Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, and, and, and those guys in Cincy. Joe Burrow, last
1: Last two, I'll tell you who he is, last two weeks, Joe Burrow, 971 yards, eight touchdowns, zero (sighs) interceptions, zero. Oh, and (laughs) one victory cigar after the game in the locker room, which, you know, he'd been doing now since he won a championship Listen, man,
2: Joe Burrow, his swag is on another level, man. Joe Burrow's swag is on another level. But you know what I want to see in the playoffs? What? I want to see Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow. The first playoff to, game. You That's want to what I want to see. Yeah, because we are we we've already had that matchup once this year. AMC, uh, Justin Herbert AMC's got got the best. Justin Herbert got the best of Joe Burrow in yeah. in the Cincinnati Bengals. But I want to see round two. I want to see round two between these two teams and these two young uh, phenomenal quarterbacks. And I want to see them go toe to toe. And I want to see them go head to head and see who comes out on top.
1: Tell you what, look at the AFC North right now, and you see Burrow, and you see Chase, and you see what they've got, right? Like, you, you look at that team, the wide receiver core they have, the running back they have, and Mixon, like, that the offensive line. Like, they've got a squad. Yes. Look at the AFC North, and the Ravens still have Lamar. They were all banged up, but they've got a, a terrific head coach, and they've got a great quarterback, right? And they, yep. and their defense every year, you know, was always good. We don't know what the Browns are going to be, do we? And we don't know what's going to happen with the Steelers. Steelers right now are in a precarious place because – Ben Roethlisberger is done and finding a next quarterback is not that easy as many franchises in this league will tell you is the Bengals look like a team now that can be the team of the AFC North which we haven't said ever as long
2: as Joe Burrow is healthy as long as Joe Burrow is healthy um they can grow to be that team in the AFC North now when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, I do believe they need to shore up the quarterback position. They need to shore up their offensive line, and I think they need more secondary
1: people. So that's three areas for the Pittsburgh Steelers I think they need to get better at. I mean, I'll tell you what. they They just are a team that at the start of the season, you were putting them fourth among those teams in that division. Now they're at the very top, and now you're looking and seeing, boy, they're going to be that fun team. Are they like the Bills of last year? Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, the Bills being that team that hadn't been in the playoffs fun a long time. More fun. They have more fun. They have more fun, I think they're more yeah. confident, too. Yeah. You know they, they, they are that kind of team that you're watching in the AFC, of, of teams you're watching the playoffs – yeah, that team, I'm watching. I'm saying to myself, boy, they'll be fun to watch. Let's see what they can do, knowing that this is only the beginning for that group. So, again, the Bengals winning that division. Tampa won the Super Bowl last year, but now questions at wide receiver, including an incident yesterday that you've never seen before. We'll discuss next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, the
0: podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.